Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh All alone with you today. Coming to you with week three PFF stat analysis from the Browns. Big 27-3 victory over the Titans on Sunday. And I got to tell you guys, it is a lot more fun putting together these stats analysis shows after a big win. Of course, after the Steelers loss, the stats were still very encouraging for the season, which led me to believe, like I more accurately predicted on last week's preview show for the Titans game, that the Browns were going to come out and get a big win over Tennessee. So before I dive into the stats from that game, I want to remind you guys, check us out on all the socials, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And make sure if you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, help us get closer and closer to that 10,000 subscriber mark. We are quickly approaching 8,000. We got to hit eight before we can get to 10. Simple math, though a lot of people don't seem to understand simple math, especially on Twitter nowadays. Kind of like simple math that says the Browns defense is currently number one in the entire NFL. So I'm going to dive into all that stuff. I mean, I'm a little bit jazzed up this morning, just had my coffee, completely forgot my microphone and all my cables and, and the hookups that I needed for my home studio whenever I set everything up in the new studio. So bear with me where I'm recording through my my uh, iPhone microphone. So the audio might not be quite as crisp and crisp and clear today, but either way, I'm jazzed. I'm pumped. We coming off a big win. We got a big game coming up against Baltimore, which we'll dive into later this week. But for now, I want to talk about what we can take away from this from the Titans game. And before I dive into any of the numbers, we we held the Tennessee Titans, a professional NFL offense, to just 68 yards passing for the entire game. The entire offense, an offense that has Derrick Henry, one of the NFL's absolute most elite running backs in recent memory. I mean, we talked about this on the on the recap show the other day. You don't talk about the Tennessee Titans without talking about Derrick Henry first and pretty much only when it comes to their offense. It's Derrick Henry. The offense runs through him and it works. It works every season. These guys come out, they smash you in the mouth. They just run you down into the ground with Derrick Henry. And the Tennessee Titans offense didn't even eclipse 100 yards in this game. Total. I mean, you want to talk about defense? I We we, we mentioned this on the show. I, I don't remember seeing a defense like what the Browns are putting on the field. We've seen some very elite defenses in years past. We, there's some very notable ones. But what the Browns are doing right now, if they sustain this for the entirety of the season could go down as one of the absolute top defensive performances over a, a single season in history. So let's look at the stats. Let's look at the numbers and break down what's going on with the Browns through three weeks, especially coming out of the Titans game. So for the, the Cleveland Browns as a team right now, like I said, it's not a secret anymore that this defense is elite. Um, there are some very, very awesome, great numbers that this team is putting up. And then there's some numbers that aren't so good. We're going to talk about both. Let's talk about the good news first. So right now, our defense is number one 
in yards allowed at just 163.7 yards per game. The number two team in the NFL right now is the Buffalo Bills, and they're giving up 253. We are 90 yards per game better than the next best team in the league. Almost 100 yards better than the number two ranked team, number two ranked defense in the NFL. That's amazing. The Browns defense is number one in pass yards allowed, 111.7 a game. And we, you know, that that average includes a game against Joe Burrow, who is the NFL's highest paid quarterback right now, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. And yet the Browns are still first in the NFL at passing yards allowed per game. We are number two in rush yards allowed per game. Just 52 rushing yards allowed per game. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles are number one with 48.3, and the 49ers are third at 53. So we are right in the mix with the top three defenses against the run in the NFL. The fourth best team, the Titans, who we just played, they're giving up 69.3. And so, uh, you know, the Browns came into that game, and we actually put up 78 yards of rushing. Very low for us. We came into the game averaging 202 a game. We only put up 78, but the Titans' defense was holding opposing offenses to just 65 yards a game. So to put up 78, we you know we bested their average right now. Yes, much lower than our average on offense, but still not a terrible performance considering who we were facing. Another number one for our defense, we are number one in points allowed per game. Just 10.7 points per game. And I think I put this stat out there on Twitter and I mentioned it on the show the other day, but our defense, like our, that's a, that's a a team right there. So the, the Browns defense, the Browns as a team, whatever you want to say, they're number one in points allowed. So just 10.7 a game, but our defensive unit itself is actually only responsible for allowing five points per game, five earned points per game by the opposing offense. That's it. Five. The other, uh, 5.7 points that the team is allowing actually is attributed to our offensive turnovers, which leads me right into the bad news. The Browns are the third worst team in the NFL in turnover differential. Our defense has forced just two turnovers on the season, but our offense has committed seven giveaways. Uh, We mentioned in when we were talking about the Steelers game after the fact, we said that if the Browns just take a knee for three straight plays and punt, in the fourth quarter of that game and put our defense on the field, we probably win. We probably win. Our offense was an absolute total liability in that game, and it's the only reason the Steelers were able to pull off the victory against us on Monday night last week. Our defense had them shut down. Aside from that 71-yard broken play from George Pickens, they did nothing on offense. They couldn't. Nobody can right now. Our offense directly led to the Steelers getting that victory. So if you look at that, Seven giveaways in three games. That's terrible. Only the Minnesota Vikings with nine and the Washington Commanders with eight have more giveaways through the first three games than the Cleveland Browns offense. So the good news, if you want to look at the positive side of that stat, if the Browns can just clean this up, clean this up on offense, we are easily a contender this season because this defense is number one. And... Blake talked about how our defense is near the bottom of the league in turnovers, but yet we're number one overall 
and allowing the fewest yards and the fewest points per game. Why? Why are we the number one defense whenever we're toward the bottom of the league in turnovers generated by the defense? It's because opposing offenses don't have enough time to even commit turnovers. Quarterbacks are essentially catching the snap and throwing the ball. Catch, throw, catch, throw. As quickly as possible, they're getting the ball out quick. We saw it with Joe Burrow in week one. It was quick passes out to the flash. Just as soon as he got the snap, gone. Kenny Pickett was doing the same thing. And now Ryan Tannehill had no choice but to catch and throw. And they're throwing the ball before receivers are even partway through their routes. They're not They're not open. They're not. Nothing's happening downfield. So balls are getting thrown out of bounds. Balls are getting overthrown, underthrown. Our quarterbacks, our secondary doesn't even really necessarily have time to turn around to make a play for a turnover because the ball's already out of bounds being thrown away. The pressure rate that our defense is generating right now is creating three and outs very consistently. So rather than turnovers happening for this defense, we're just we're just forcing three and outs on pretty much every single drive. So three and outs right now are the Browns turnovers. So like I said, just clean up the giveaways on offense. Kevin Stefanski, please. This is your unit. Come on. We we cannot have this. I put in my notes here. You can't have the number one defense in the NFL and pair that with an offense that's number three overall in giveaways. That's a recipe for disaster, and that's a recipe for absolute frustration for the team, for fans, for everybody. It is just, it's horrible. All you have to do is clean up that. Just quit giving the ball away on offense Elijah Moore, dude, come on, hold on to the ball. You can't get stripped like that. Deshaun, you got to feel the pressure in the pocket. No, no more of these tip pass interception things. We got to stop fumbling the ball, ball security. And we clean that stuff up. Our defense will start, you know, generating more turnovers. And this team is going to go pretty far this year just based on those two things alone. So now let's look at the offense. So right now, the offense is actually number 10. They're 10th overall in the league in yards per game at 366.3. Top 10 offense. Well, I mean, honestly, in the NFL, what more can you ask for? You get the number one defense in yards allowed and number 10 offense in yards generated. That's pretty sweet. Just cut out the freaking giveaways. We are number 11 in points per game, 24.3. So if you look at those numbers, think about that. We gain 366.3 yards per game. We allow 163, I think it was, 0.3 yards per game. We gain over 200 yards more a game than we give up. We are outgaining opponents by an average of 200 yards a game. That's unheard of. That is absolutely incredible. And not only that, but when it comes to points scored, we actually are outscoring our opponents by an average of two touchdowns. 14 points a game more than what we're giving up. That That is a, an historic rate right there. And if this is sustainable, if we can keep this up, and again, this is, this is with the number 10 in yards offense, number 11 in points per game. So we don't even have to be any better than that. We could, do, we could even drop down the middle of the pack, be like 15, 16 in the league. And with the number one defense, we're still going to win... 90% of our games. So this is a, these are incredible numbers that you know we will continue to assess as the season goes on. We'll see how they, you know, do they sustain? Do they start to drop? Does the differential, does the margin start to shrink? We'll see. But right now, it's pretty damn impressive. Um, 
offense, we are just 21st in the league in passing at 205.7 yards a game. So not so great in in the passing game, though it was very encouraging, encouraging to see Deshaun Watson have such a great game against the Titans, and we'll dive into his stats next. Um, rushing, our rushing offense, despite the tough matchup against Tennessee, like I mentioned earlier, we're still number four in the entire league in rushing at 160.7 games. So that, that game right there knocked us down from 202 down to 160. But yet, we're still fourth overall in the NFL. So that's pretty good. Glad to see that. Um, I want to talk about special teams, though, here real quick, because we have not really talked about special teams much. Special teams. We have punted. We, we have six punts that have landed inside the 20. That's tied for fourth most in the NFL. So that's pretty good. Our punting game in that metric right there, pretty impressive. We've had just one punt that's resulted in a touchback, which means, you know, the team gets the ball out at the 20. We, now this is where things kind of start to fall off where I think we need to improve. We need to work on our punt return game. We've returned just five punts on the season in three games for an average of 10.2 yards per return. That is middle of the pack in the NFL to give you some you know, some measures to base that on Cincinnati and Seattle are averaging around four yards a return. So they're at the bottom of the league. Whereas the Buffalo Bills are number one in the league at 33 yards per return. So 10.2 yards a return. I mean, it's not terrible. Uh, like I said, it's middle of the pack, but it is something we need to improve on. As In terms of the net punt average yardage, 43.8 yards. That's again, middle of the pack. If you want more context, the Seattle Seahawks lead the league at 51.1 yards net per punt, and the Indianapolis Colts are at the bottom, 37.1. So we traded for Dustin Hopkins. We cut Cade York, said your kicking struggles are going to really hurt us this year. We can't afford it. We bring in and trade for Dustin Hopkins from the Los Angeles Chargers. Through three games, Hopkins is 7 of 8 on his field goals. He has a long of 55 yards. That is the fourth longest field goal in the NFL so far this season. That's pretty cool. We are not, and this is not, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. This is actually a pretty good thing in terms of our offensive efficiency. We're not kicking short field goals. We have not attempted a single field goal attempt from one to 29 yards. So 29 yards and into the end zone, haven't attempted a single field goal. We've attempted just one field goal from one to 39 yards. Just one. Otherwise, we've been scoring touchdowns. Four of five of the field goals that Hawkins has made have been from 40 to 49 yards. And two, his other two, he's two of two from 50 plus, which was the range where he was 50% coming in, you know, for his career coming into this year. So now he's not going to be 100% at 50-plus for the whole season. But through three games, two of two, those have been key field goals, and they're helping the offense continue to stay on top of their opponents. He's made all four of his extra points. So far, Dustin Hopkins has been everything that we've hoped he could be when we traded for him. We've talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones in the punt return game. He's returned just five punts for only 26 yards, 5.2 in average, tied for six fewest return yards, and the fourth lowest average in the league. So again, the punt return game, I mentioned it earlier, mention it again, 
is something that we really do need to improve on. So, all right, so now let's look at Deshaun Watson's stats from the Titans game. But before I dive into these, Browns fans here in Ohio, I want to make sure you guys know DraftKings has up their sign-up offer to kick off this football season. New users can place a bet of $5 to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets, plus up to $150 back in bonus bets if your team loses. All you have to do is sign up using our code, the dogs, all one word, when you create your account. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure you use our code, the dogs, to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 years and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you are someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. All right, guys, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Now, we were hard on Deshaun Watson after, you know, we, we especially after the Steelers game. It was not a great game. It was not very pretty whatsoever. After the Bengals game, it was a rain game. You know, it, the, the weather wasn't great. First game back, all that stuff. He showed flashes. Steelers game had some plays where he showed flashes, but overall not a great performance whatsoever. This was it. This was the game that I was hoping for, that Browns fans everywhere were just, we just needed to see it. And and I I said it last week, Deshaun Watson could not come out and have a great game. Not just a good game, a great game against the Tennessee Titans, who were one of the, I think it was they were the fifth worst passing defense in the NFL coming into the week. Then it's just never going to happen. He's, you got to be able to, you have to be able to excel against defenses that suck against what you're good at which was passing. So Deshaun Watson, 27 of 33 for 81.8, almost 82% completion percentage, his highest by far with the Browns, but his adjusted completion percentage, which I talk about all the time is, I, I, I'd i rather look at the adjusted completion percentage for a quarterback than the actual because, you know, completion percentages are affected by drop passes, by throwaways, which, you know, could be a great decision on a play, but it counts as an incompletion. Uh, spike balls to stop the clock. All that stuff goes into incompletions and, and completion percentage, but adjusted completion percentage. Deshaun Watson was 90.3. Damn near perfect. He threw for 289 yards on a defense that was giving up 305 yards per game to quarterbacks. And we all know, we talked about it on the, the recap show, Deshaun would have been well over that 305-yard mark, and he would have had a third touchdown if the officials didn't steal away a beautifully thrown, amazing catch to Amari Cooper on the sideline that, honestly, he was about, he did take it for a touchdown, essentially. But he was called out of bounds, even though he had, you know, a foot and a half between him and the sideline. Whatever. It happened. The referee apologized. Whoopty freaking do that does nothing for us. And um, yeah, we're just going to have to continue to deal with piss poor officiating. But as long as we can continue to beat opponents by a margin of 14 points, we take the referees completely out of the game. And honestly, if you if you've been a Browns fan for a long time, you know that we usually do have to battle the refs. We have to go against our opponents. Usually we have to go against ourselves like we saw in the Steelers game. And we have to go against the refs, like we saw in the Steelers game and the Titans game. You beat opponents by an average margin of 14 points, you eliminate the referees from the game completely. So I think that's what we just need to do. 
Just keep that up. That, that, that would be very nice to see. Deshaun Watson, back to him. Just one turnover-worthy play in the entire game, which was that stupid backward throw, pitch, pass thing to Elijah Moore when he was getting sacked. Good God. I hope I hope we never see anything like that ever again from Deshaun Watson. And I think he realized it because, like we said on the show, it seemed like he he had some... He seemed real shaky early in the game, like those first couple drives, and it seemed like that mistake right there kind of snapped him out of his funk saying, what am I doing? That was totally stupid, and it was. But the rest of the game was absolutely phenomenal. One turnover-worthy play that was the fourth lowest, which is good, obviously. Fourth lowest in week three among quarterbacks. Um Though I, I do need to look into this a little more because PFF actually has Trevor Lawrence and Russell Wilson with a lower turnover-worthy play percentage than Watson. But they both threw interceptions, so I'm not really sure how that how that comes into play. Um, time to throw for Deshaun Watson. Still over three for this game. It was 3.08. I think I said he was averaging 3.06 for the season. It would be really nice to see him be able to get that time to throw you know, snapped a pass under three seconds, but, you know, that 306 average isn't just for Cleveland, that's for his career. Um, I'm not counting on it. It's not his game. He's he's not a get-the-ball-out-quick kind of quarterback. He likes to go downfield. He likes to get bigger plays. And, you know, we're just going to have to continue to deal with him holding the ball a little bit longer than we like, probably taking a couple more sacks than he probably needs to each game. But again, we need to remember that is not a Cleveland-specific thing. This is not a new part of his game. This is not him playing quarterback worse than he did in Houston. It's on par. This is exactly what he did. I said it was 306, I believe, was his average in Houston. And he took, I think it was 3.27 sacks a game over his career in Houston, which is basically what he's averaging here in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson had a 123.4 passer rating. That was the fourth highest in week three behind Tua, Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. And, you know, this is what Browns fans and uh, the the Browns team expected when we brought in Deshaun Watson. Top five in QB rating. These are the games. These are the performances that we expect to see more often than not. And I hope that this is just game one of many going forward. When Deshaun was kept in a clean pocket, he was 23 of 25 for 248 yards and two touchdowns. Now, obviously, that kind of stat sounds, you know, no, no kidding. He was really good from a clean pocket. Not all quarterbacks are. He hasn't always been. I'm telling you, if you're kept in a clean pocket, if you can almost be 100% on your completions, I mean, that's that's going to win you most games. When he was under pressure, four of eight, for just 41 yards. So again, because of the low success whenever a quarterback's under pressure, that's why it's even more important that you be as close to perfect as you can be from a clean pocket. Whenever the Browns ran play action, they did it uh, 13 times. He completed nine passes for 112 yards and touchdown. No play action this week was so much better than what it was the first two weeks. He was 18 of 20 for 177 and a score. So... This, this next stat is a big one that it is kind of bucking the trend from what we've seen in weeks one and two with Deshaun. On deep passes of 20 or more yards, he was four of five, 80% for 116 yards and two touchdowns. 
His medium range passing, three of four for 39 yards. And on short passes, 12 of 13 for 77 yards. This is the perfect example of Deshaun Watson. Finally, we've been asking for this. Take what the defense is giving you. And in this game, he had the opportunity to go downfield. And when he did, he hit him. And when the defense was giving him the intermediate range passes, he hit them. And whenever he needed to dump it off or go short or try to pick up you know, quick yards to get a first down or whatever the case may have been, he hit him. He did it. And that's what we need to see on a continuing basis from Deshaun Watson. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, fall is in the air, and that means we're looking forward to more of these crisp mornings, falling leaves, and more sweater weather. But more importantly, this is the perfect time for all of your fall grilling and tailgating because right now the Browns have the number one defense in the NFL and to really proper, properly tailgate for that kind of performance, you got to have the number one meats available that you can possibly get, and that's Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has all of your fall cravings covered, and right now you can get 50% off site-wide during the Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale. That's 50% off all your favorite tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons. Go to omahasteaks.com today and use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out, and you'll get not just 50% off of their site-wide sale, but you get an extra $30 off your order with our code. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless, endless flavor, and endless value on incredible entrees, scrumptious size, decadent desserts, and more. All of them, 50% off during the semi-annual sale, and every single bite is backed by their 100% unconditional guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Shop all of your delicious favorites for half the price. Don't forget, enter code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out for an extra $30 off your order. But you better hurry. This sale is only available for a limited time. Minimum purchase may apply. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So now we'll move from Deshaun Watson into the Browns offensive line. And I think the best place to start with this conversation is fourth round rookie Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones has been awesome. For a fourth-round rookie stepping in to a, the starting right tackle position for Jack Conklin, yeah, I don't think we could have asked for any more than this. Jones played on 41 pass-blocking snaps, allowed zero pressures against the Titans, 100% pass-blocking efficiency. Now, I talked about that last week. Pass-blocking efficiency, you want your offensive lineman at 100% or as close to it as possible because anything other than 100% means you gave up pressures. Even if it was just one pressure, you're off of that 100%. So most linemen are going to be in the 90s, but like I said, you got to think of it 
not in terms of, well, 90% is still like an A. No, 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 no. You got to think of it as 91% would be like one, 95% would be five, and like 100% is 10. So it's on a scale of like, let's just go one to 10. You want a 10. Dewan Jones got a 10. In three games so far this season, Dewan Jones has played on 114 pass blocking snaps. He's allowed just five total pressures, one hit on the quarterback, and zero sacks. You heard me. Zero sacks given up by Dewan Jones, the fourth round rookie, and he went up against TJ Watt in week two. Now I know a lot of these Steeler fans, Browns haters, whatever on Twitter are saying, oh, well, he gave up the sack to TJ Watt whenever he became the sack leader for the Steelers, blah, 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 blah. Go watch the play. No, he did not. TJ Watt rushed off the right side. Dewan Jones rushed or blocked with him, pushed him back past Deshaun Watson into the back or the yeah the backfield Deshaun Watson steps up in the pocket and then breaks off to the left trying to scramble and TJ Watt ends up coming around getting the sack on the far left side of the line it was not a sack given up by Dewan Jones so and and PFF didn't credit Dewan Jones with that sack uh neither did NFL or ESPN so I mean you can sit there and say that Dewan Jones gave up that sack to TJ Watt but the stat keepers don't believe so. And just watch the play. It was not a sack given up by Dewan Jones. So, zero sacks through three games. Pretty darn good for this rookie. His um, pass blocking grade so far on the season, 74.1. Number one among rookie tackles so far this season. So, of all the tackles drafted this year and that are playing already, Dewan Jones is the best, and he was a rookie coming out of the fourth round. Now, his run blocking still is not being graded very high. It's just a 54.9 this week against the Titans. But if you look at the run blocking grades overall, it's still pretty rough for the Browns. Like I said, Dewan Jones, 54.9. Ethan Posick was the highest graded lineman at 63.6. Then you got Jed Wills down at 57.4. Betonio even lower at 54.5, and Wyatt Teller was clear down at 49.4. So to give you some context, I mean, Dewan Jones was the third highest graded lineman in run blocking this week for the Browns. The uh, the run blocking grades, I list those because there's not a whole lot of run blocking stats like we've talked about in the last two weeks for the offensive linemen, but if you want to break it down, the way they've been blocking Run attempts to the right side of the line. So to Teller and Jones, 10 attempts for 45 yards this game, 4.5 yards to carry. Now in the first two games, we saw predominantly runs to the left and the runs to the left side were more uh, successful than runs to the right. But in this game, runs to the left side, we tried 15 times, which again was more than the right side, but we only got 20 yards going that direction, just 1.3 yards to carry. So... Again, the Tennessee Titans are an excellent top, you know, top of the league run defense. And overall, I think the Browns handled it pretty well. We were still able to push and, um, you know, out gain the, the average that they were giving up. So to round out the offensive line pass blocking, um, Dewan Jones and Wyatt Teller were both at 100% efficiency means they gave up zero pressures, like I said. Joel Batonio gave up three pressures. Ethan Postig gave up just one pressure. It resulted in a sack, though. Jedrick Wills, three pressures. He gave up two hurries, one hit, no sacks, which is good, but 
I still saw plenty of plays. I've seen the highlights, the, the clips on Twitter where Jed Will just gets beat and stands there. It's still happening. And, you know, unless the Browns go out and make a move for another tackle, this is just something that, you know, we're going to have to deal with all season. We're, we're going to complain about it. We're going to, we're going to gripe on Sundays when we see it happening. But at the end of the day, we're just going to have to deal with it because Jed Wills is the starting left tackle. Jed Wills gives very poor effort. And I don't think either of those two things are going to change. So let's round out the offensive side of the ball, talking about the wide receivers. Through three weeks, Amari Cooper is 20th overall in the NFL in separation. He's averaging two yards of separation per uh, per target. His true catch rate is 90.9%. That's 42nd overall. True catch rate is based only on catchable targets, so not, you know, again, throwaways or passes that are thrown clear over the receiver's head or whatnot. Amari Cooper is currently receiving a 25% target share in the offense. Elijah Moore is 16th overall in the NFL with 2.19 yards of separation. On average, his true catch rate is just 66.7%. That's 89th overall among wide receivers. And he is also getting a 25% target share. So 50% of the targets are going to Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, which is what we expected coming into the season. And I don't see this trend changing whatsoever. I think that the goal is to get Elijah Moore as involved as possible. And obviously Amari Cooper, I mean, he's leading the AFC North in receiving. He is the clear-cut number one receiver on this team. He's, I mean, aside from Jamar Chase finally having a good game on Monday night for the Bengals, I mean, Amari Cooper has been the best receiver in the AFC North, hands down. Uh, the Cleveland Browns wide receivers absolutely fleece the t- uh, Titans cornerbacks for 15 catches on 17 targets, 182 total yards against the corners. They could not stop Elijah Moore in the slot. He was 9 of 9. 9 targets, 9 receptions. That's awesome. 49 yards, you know, that's pretty low for that many targets and receptions. But again, he was being targeted very short. He's picking up first downs. So other than his, you know, his strip fumble that he had, he had a, an excellent game, and that's what we want to see more of from him. And uh, David Njoku, again, in the short area, he was 4-4 four four for 20 yards, so the Browns absolutely dominated the Titans pretty much on every level of the secondary in the passing game, which, again, is what we expected because the Titans were so bad against the pass, and Deshaun Watson proved that he is still a great quarterback, and when the defense has given it to him, he'll take it. All right, it's time to shift to the defensive side of the ball, and... The defense, of course, number one in the league, like I've said, so exciting to watch. Before I dive into the secondary, I want to remind you guys, if you want to join our Discord and you want to interact with us and and engage and, and talk Browns football during the games on Sundays, I mean, it is a great community of diehard Browns fans. And, you know, if you're somewhere watching the game, no one wants to watch your Browns game alone because you want to complain, you want to cheer, you want to cry, you want to moan, you want to go crazy no fun to do that by yourself so if you want browns fans to watch the game with get into our discord join the dogs.com become an official dog pack member you get after hours episode every week like i said the discord the discord is the main thing right now just because we're in season and watching browns games with so many other browns fans bouncing you know your reactions off of other guys i mean it's it's so much fun in there guys gals i mean from from all over the country all over the world too i mean doesn't matter where you are, you can be in our Discord and you 
can watch Browns games with other Browns fans. It's a ton of fun. And one thing that you'll get to watch, like I said, is this defense. So let's talk about the secondary. Denzel Ward uh, was targeted seven times. This is These numbers are kind of interesting because, well, it makes sense why Denzel Ward had seven targets come his way because he was primarily going to be on DeAndre Hopkins, who they're going to target the most. So when Denzel Ward was targeted seven times, he gave up just three catches for only 11 yards on the game. And DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Sure, he might be a little older now. Maybe he has finally lost his step. But again, you know, this is a guy Browns fans were clamoring for and couldn't really understand why we didn't sign, you know, whatever he ended up going to Tennessee. But here we go. Zero catches for zero yards against Denzel Ward. Martin Emerson has been a stud for the Browns this year. He was targeted four times, gave up two catches for 31 yards. He gave up just one catch to DeAndre Hopkins for 26 yards. So a big play to Hopkins, but it was just one. And that was encouraging to see. And the other big play from Hopkins was a 17-yard catch that came against our fifth-round rookie, Cameron Mitchell, who was filling in for the injured Greg Newsome. We'll probably see him again this Sunday. I don't think we're going to see Newsome until after the bye week. Um, Mitchell was targeted just three times for three catches, 56 yards. And again, 17 of those yards came to DeAndre Hopkins. And Mitchell was also the cornerback responsible for the big play to Chris Moore down the sideline for 33 yards. So Cameron Mitchell, like I said, fifth round rookie. He's a he's playing cornerback, which is a tough position to play in the NFL. These, you know, the NFL is set up against corners in favor of quarterbacks and receivers. And not only is he going up against NFL receivers, but DeAndre Hopkins. One of the best receivers in the NFL, like I said, even if he's lost a step, he's still one of the better receivers in the league. And nearly 60% of the yards that Mitchell gave up for the entire game came on that one play to Chris Moore. Otherwise, he played very well. I was impressed with Cameron Mitchell. Um, He allowed just, like like I mentioned, just one catch for 17 yards to DeAndre Hopkins. His coverage grade was the lowest on the team. Per PFF down at 46.9. He was only targeted those three times on 28 pass snaps. And if you take away the big catch by Chris Moore, Cameron Mitchell allowed just two catches for 23 yards in the game. If you're going to give me that from a rookie cornerback, I will take it every week. Grant Delpit was targeted twice, allowed two catches for just eight yards. Juan Thornhill, I'm talking safeties now. Juan Thornhill, four targets, allowed just one catch, zero yards. Our secondary was, again, locked down. And why are they able to lock down so well? Well, let's look at our defensive front. Miles Garrett. Nine pressures generated in this game. Four hurries, one hit on the quarterback, and four sacks. That's according to PFF. Like I said last week, PFF does not give half sacks. Miles actually had three and a half sacks. But they credit him with a full four. So overall, we did sack Ryan Tannehill five times, three and a half by Miles. Alex Wright had a sack, and Obo Okoronkwo had the other half of Miles' sack. Alex Wright, Maurice Hurst, Zadarius Smith all had two pressures each. We had 17 total pressures for the game. There, the, the Titans played 32 pass block snaps against the Browns. So if you 17 out of 32. We generated pressure on the quarterback on 53% of our opportunities. 
Now, if you look at their offensive line, their left tackle, I talked about him coming into the game. Andre Dillard allowed three sacks in week two to the Lars, well, the Lars, <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers. And again, he gave up three sacks to the Browns. And as bad as Jed Wills is playing on our offensive line, guys, it could be worse because Andre Dillard has given up six sacks in the last two games, 16 total pressures allowed on the season. Jed Wills this year has given up just two sacks and 12 pressures. So while he is not the, the best left tackle by any stretch, he's also not the worst. So we want him to play better. We, we need Jed Wills to play better. And um, just be thankful that he's not Andre Dillard. The Browns' defense as a whole were only charged with five missed tackles in the game. The Titans had 14, almost three times as many. And if you look at the season, we only have 21 missed tackles charged to us on this season over three games of seven a game. Tennessee had 14 just in this game. So the Browns with 21 on the season, San Francisco and Philly, the other two top defenses with us, San Francisco has 18 missed tackles on the year and Philadelphia has just 15. So I just want to put 21 missed tackles in perspective with the other good defenses to show that while we have a few more than San Francisco and a few more than Philly, we're still at the top of the league in terms of the lowest missed tackles total. And I just want to mention this guy, uh, Justin brought him up on the reaction show, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Dude, we talked about you being a possible Pro Bowl candidate at the beginning of the season. If, if you just continue to play your style of football and you do your thing behind this defensive line, that's exactly what we're seeing. He was the leader in run defense grade at 82.3. He had six tackles, four solo, two assists. He had three stops per PFF, and stops are tackles that create a failure for the offense. So we're not talking just open field tackles or you know bring guy down by shoestrings on the sideline or whatever. He's actually making tackles that are setting the offense back, and that's what we want to see out of our linebackers. We talked about Anthony Walker almost had a pick six. Our entire defense, every single person at every single position, is playing absolutely out of their minds. Max potential being executed, and it is absolutely a blast to watch each and every Sunday. So let me know what you guys think about the stats from week three. What did I miss? What did, what other stats did you guys see or come across that you thought were were awesome or that you know we need to talk about? Most of these numbers are absolutely great and encouraging for the Browns. Turnovers, uh, differential giveaways by our offense, you know those types of things. Our, our passing offense still needs some work. There are definitely some negatives. That I mean, no team is a finished product. No team is done getting better. You know, my football coach in high school, you always used to say you either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. And right now, the Browns just need to continue to get better on defense because they can't just stay the same based on that. And our offense needs to get better. The, the defense needs to get better by a smaller margin than the offense does. Let's just put it that way. But it can be done. I think eliminating giveaways on offense is one of the easier things to do because it's all about ball security. And, you know, if we get a little bit better play out of Jed Wills, just a little bit more effort, dude, just a little bit, we're going to be just fine. So drop your takes, comments, feedback down in the comments section. If you're listening on audio, we appreciate you guys. Everything you guys do helps the show. Your views, your, you know, your audio listens. If you subscribe to the show, if you just if you subscribe to the podcast, the audio, everything, everything you guys do to interact with the show 
helps us continue to grow, helps get us in front of more Browns fans, and that's what we're trying to do. We love you guys. We love the Browns, whether they make us completely angry or totally ecstatic, doesn't matter. We love this team. We want to keep watching success. And right now, things are looking up. Join us later this week for the Ravens preview. And until we talk to you guys then, let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.